0: Why do you serve? In what strength do you serve? And what is the foundation of that service? We're going to talk about that here today on this edition of Truth For Today. You know, there are many who would serve in the church because they believe it gets them to heaven. Some serve out of what they feel is an obligation, while yet others serve out of pure joy. So where do you fall in that camp? Serving in the triumph of Christ is the title of our message today. And really, that's the focus of where we're headed. Understanding the foundation of our service should be found in the triumph of Christ Chapter 2, verses 12 through 17 of 2 Corinthians is where we find ourselves. Let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard, shall we, for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Turn to 2 Corinthians.
1: I'm in a book I call Bruised While Blessing. And it's the most personal biographical insight to the Apostle Paul of any of the New Testament. And uh, he tells us more of the inward struggle, fears he had as an apostle, servant of God. And today, we want to look at verses 12 through 17. And we'll look at four things about this. Notice, now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind, because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them, and I went on to Macedonia. Here's the picture. He's in Ephesus. Uh, He wants to see Titus. The reason he wants to see Titus, he sent Titus to settle the church dispute at Corinth. Probably sent him with a letter known as the painful letter to put down the coup that was going on. A rebellious brother, uh, a party spirit. And he has already said, I forgive if the man's repentant as I hear. I already forgive that. But now he's picking up. But I want to report back from Titus. I want to know what the state of the church is. And so he's in Ephesus And he's wanting to meet uh, uh, him, and so he's going north, which is right on the Aegean, and he goes to the city of Troas. And while he's there, God is opening all kinds of opportunity and and, uh, doors open for the gospel. So he's up there ministering, but he's still troubled in spirit because he's not found Titus. He wanted to see him. So he says, I'm going to move from Troas, where I'm having, obviously, an abounding ministry. I'm going to go across the Aegean and go up to Macedonia. Macedonia is north of Corinth. Corinth is in Achaia. To the north of it is uh, Macedonia, where we've got Thessalonica, Berea, uh, Philippi. That's the Macedonian region. And he said, I'm a troubled man. I want to see Titus. I want to know the affairs of the church. I'm hoping that the rift has been healed, that things have changed. Now, out of that pit of uh, disappointment, discouragement, perhaps, he picks up verse 14. But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives, in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing to the one we are the aroma that brings death to the other an aroma that brings life and who is equal or sufficient or even adequate, competent, all these. Who's equal? Who's sufficient for such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. Here Paul begins and excurses Many scholars believe at 214, that runs all the way through chapter 7, at least through chapter 6. And he begins to speak of the glory of what a new covenant minister can glory in. And he says four things that we want to emphasize today. Number one, I've been captured by a triumphant Christ. Number one, I am a captured person I become his slave I become his servant because I've been captured two the rest of my life is devoted to spreading the knowledge of him I exist to spread the knowledge of Christ three I'm having a double effect on people some think my message is sweet others think that it stinks I have no use for it. And finally, I struggle with feeling inadequate and incompetent and unable to do the task like it ought to be done. Nevertheless, I'm being employed by him. Now, it's very technical, this word here, but thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal triumphal procession. Let me give you the background of what a triumphal procession was like. William Barclay is the one that dug up historically what it was like. Let me give you what happened. When a Roman general went to another country, and he was victorious there, and came back, and had met these conditions. If while he was there, he was actually commanding the battle. He was in charge. He was no armchair chair general. He was in the battle. Two, if at least 5,000 men were killed in that battle. This is a single battle. If 5,000 men were killed. If the territory of Rome was expanded, we not only killed the opponents, we took their land. Then, they would come back and the Roman Senate would say, we're going to give you a triumphal entry into Rome. And he would come into the city of Rome, most likely down the Appian Way, headed for the capital. And uh, they would do it this way. The first people in the lineup coming down the streets, coming towards the Capitol, was the Roman Senate. They would lead the procession. Then the trumpeters would be in this procession, blowing trumpets. The streets are full. The attention of the populace has been gotten through these trumpeters. So they would come out. Then they would have different ones carry the trophies from these countries. They would bring pictures. They would bring, uh, when Titus conquered Jerusalem in 70 AD and then once again 82 AD, he went back and put them down. They brought the Jewish candelabra. They brought the golden shoebread table. Uh, They brought, this is what the spoils of war are. Besides the number of men we killed, this is what we captured. We put our foot on their neck. We're total conquerors. They would have pictures, any of the paintings that were taken. And in this procession, there would be a white bull. And the white bull was to, at the end of the procession, be taken to a pagan altar to one of the gods, and they would slay the bull as a sacrifice of thanksgiving for the victory. Then, after that bull, were the captive princes, the captive generals, the captive soldiers of the country they defeated, they would be in shackles, they would be spit upon, they would be mocked, and they'd be drugged through the streets. They would come along, and then they would be thrown into prison at the end of the procession and to be decided when they would be executed. And many of them would be fed to the lions in the Colosseum. Then the musicians came. The priests swinging their incense in the censers. And there'd be fragrances, they say, the citizens all along the way. Everybody's burning incense to the gods. Burning incense. I mean, this is a national holiday. So you have these guys bearing these incense burners and carrying the incense, fragrance, fragrance everywhere. There's full. Of the aroma of these men celebrating their general's victory. After that. Then the family of the general would come. His wife. His children. Right on down. All the family would follow. After that. The army that he led. That defeated this power. They would march. It would go on for miles. Lining this up. So it was not an everyday occasion. Paul said, this is Christ to me. He is the conquering general of all history. And he's marching through time. and there are those that will be in the procession that will perish. There's others of us that are bearing incense to his praise and his glory and sending up an aroma about him. And he says, I am a captured man. I was self-willed. I was on my way to kill Christians in Acts 9. I was going to Damascus to kill out this heretical movement and there I met the triumphant general of all history. And he said, Paul, who do you think you're working against? And I fell on my face as the noon sun was outshined by Christ. I fell down, and there I became a follower, a slave, a captive of the mighty triumphant Christ. You Corinthians, no matter what you say about me, no matter what you do with my message, no matter what you do with the gospel, I am following a victorious Christ. He shall have the final say. Matter of fact, Philippians 3 said at the end of his humiliation and his emptying himself, God said, I'm going to raise you so high from the poverty of Bethlehem, from a criminal's death on a cross, I'm going to raise you so high that everything in heaven, above heaven and on the earth Shall praise you and say you are Jesus and Lord of lords. Yes. You you will make all men, Hitler, Haman, every atheist, every opponent all will bow and say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He is the only triumphant one in all of history. And Paul said, I've been captured by him. I'm in his train. I'm on this victorious march with him. No matter. And you know when you form an army. I think of Patton when he went to the Battle of the Bulge. Here the German forces had us pinned. Our boys were dying. The 101st Airborne had flown in there. And they were pinned down by the Germans. And that wild-eyed Patton said, I, you give me gas, I can go fight. And they did. And they wound up in the Bastogne. And they rescued the 101st Airborne. They got them out. We are fighters. We are conquerors. And I think sometimes you think we've got an anemic Christ, an anemic gospel. But guess what? That general could say, take Omaha Beach. But but, but you don't know, Eisenhower, if we take Omaha Beach... We'll lose at least 5,000 men. Do what the commander-in-chief says. We don't win battles without people being killed. And Paul is saying, some wonder, they try to get the picture, is Paul saying he's in the march to be executed? Or is he saying he's in the march sharing the triumph? It's probably a little bit of both because he keeps saying, you know what? I know I've been captured. I was told in Acts 9 that I would suffer greatly for the commander-in-chief. But it does not matter. I am under orders to the general. And if he says, suffer in Lystria, get stoned in Derby, and bleed all over Asia, it doesn't matter. I'm under orders. I'm under the commander. I'm under a general that's triumphing. I ask you, have you ever been captured? So you ultimately will be dealt with by this commander. Right or wrong? Because he's going to deal with his enemies as well as those who bear the incense and give off the aroma of his glory. He will conquer all mankind. All mankind will stand before him. Those that know him will be spared judgment. Those who don't know him will ultimately meet the one they crucify. But he will have the last word. He is a triumphant Christ. From the pit of despair, I didn't find Titus. And I'm troubled and I'm worried. To all of a sudden the heavenly vision. But let me tell you, let me tell you. I am under the authority of a general who will march through Calvary marched through the graveyard marched out and the only other time this word is used of him is colossians 2:15 when he said and as i begin to ascend to the third heaven guess who met me on the way the demonic powers of satan they came after me what did they think they were going to do and he said they came at me i don't know what all they did but you read the passage in Colossians." and he said i stripped them off like a garment how dare you try to keep me from making it back to the throne because see he's taking back a glorified body back And the demonic powers of Satan attacked him on the way, and he stripped them, and he triumphed over them. This is who we are following. I don't care what the politicians say about the church. I don't care what Rome does about the church. I don't care what history says about the church. I am following the ultimate winner of all history. Christ will triumph. Then he says, what is my role under him? What does he want me to do? He leads us and he uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. I see myself as an incense bearer. And my whole mission in life since I've been captured is to give off an aroma And the word he uses in it, the uh, knowledge, the knowledge of who Jesus is. That's my whole mission, is to point to him. Don't we have a great general? Don't we have a great savior? Don't we have a great God? He, He uses me now to spread that knowledge to all that I can. Isn't it wonderful? When you find out your mouth can be used for something besides gossip. Yes. And be used for something besides bad language and vulgarity. Say, no, my mouth has become his spreading tool. I'm spreading the knowledge of my general and my commander and my Lord everywhere I go. I spread the knowledge of Christ. Why do you think we're on the radio? Are we on an ego trip? You've got to be kidding. Chuck. He's the guy that puts together the broadcast. David's there, writes the checks. Let me tell you, they believe the gospel. They believe in the Lord we're promoting. We're not on ego trips. We don't have time for that. You can't promote Jesus Christ and yourself at the same time. Make up your mind who you're going to promote. I, there's some people I have to say, even when I come into church, I say, man, I hope I don't have to talk to them. That's a shepherd's heart. (laughs) No. There's certain men I've run into that so far all they talk about is themselves. The most important subject in the world is them. They're surrounded on the north, the east, the west, and the south by themselves. And all you're going to know if you talk to them is more about them. I'm going to ask them, could you tell me anything about Christ? What has Jesus done this week? We used to sing a song, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. Have you been captured? Are you still your own man? Oh, yuck. The American macho statement while I cough out of Marlboro because I'm dying of cancer. The folly of us thinking we're in charge. Have you ever found anything to promote other than yourself? Paul said, I did. I met a glorious Christ who triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. Triumphed over demonic powers trying to hold him down. I'm following a conquering Christ, no matter what you do with me. And if he says, go and be martyred like I will be martyred in 2 Timothy, he's finally decapitated by the Roman Empire. But he said, it doesn't matter. I don't serve Nero. If my general says, go and give him your head, they've got it. They can do anything they want with this body as long as I know I'm in his procession. Are you spreading the knowledge of Christ in any way in your life? Let's say, Christian service, testimony. I mean, how are you spreading the knowledge of Christ? I'll make you witnesses. I'll give you a glorious message. It's overwhelming. Then he says, if you become a message bearer, you will become like a pleasing aroma of Christ." Among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death. And to the other, an aroma that brings life. Look at this mixed response. I'm amazed about the three F's of human taste. Food. um, I would say your face. That's a pretty face. And the others said, yuck. Uh, let's say um, fragrances. Man, I- I've known certain people, don't wear any cologne if you come over. I can't stand it. I break out. You know, isn't it something? I love fragrances. My wife doesn't. She said, it doesn't sit well with her. Uh, I like some spice. I couldn't survive on Curry. And I've been to India. Let me tell you, they cook with curry. I had goathead gravy with curry in Jamaica, but I survived on bananas. <laughs> I did. We were in the plantation. Carolyn ate the goathead gravy. I ate the bananas. Ain't no goathead going to me. <laughs> or what is it? Sushi? Man, I believe you ought to be kosher about something. Raw fish ain't going in. Uh-uh. No way. Uh-uh. My tongue has been trained. Potatoes, beans, little Tabasco sauce, and cornbread will do. But people are all picky about that smells good. This I don't like that smell. Okay. Taste this. The other person said, Give me seconds. What's going on? Or she's beautiful. The other guy said, you know, it's like the woman telling the photographer, do me justice. And he said, What you need is mercy. <laughs> you know. So so faces, you, you don't know what a face. You know. I, I I've I've seen many people, they'll show their baby, aren't they beautiful? And I, we're weird about our varied taste and here he says messengers of the gospel will meet with varied responses from their audience some will say Well, I heard you proclaim Paul it's the sweetest thing I've ever heard that God would give Christ to die for sinners and that by taking him as my savior I get to go to heaven that is sweet to me
0: and with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you as ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855 833 9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available. Again, there at truthfortodayradio.org.